Welcome to the Membership Guys podcast. Kick-ass advice and tips for membership site owners. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 191 of the Membership Guys podcast. I'm your host Mike Morrison, thank you so much for joining me this week. You are in the place to be for proven practical tips and advice on growing a successful membership business. Today, we're answering the question, how big does my membership need to be in order to be successful? Now, many people measure success according to vanity metrics. It's not exclusive to memberships. How many followers do you have rather than how much engagement do you get? How big is your turnover rather than how much net profit do you make? How many members do you have rather than what's their average lifetime spend or how much are you needing to work on your membership? But should you be aiming to build as big a membership as you possibly can? Is that what success is? Or is it okay to have a relatively small, intimate membership with a small number of members and instead focusing on engaging them better, improving retention, increasing average member lifetime value? Is success as a membership site owner all about how many members you have? Or is it about the money you make? Or is it about the lifestyle your membership affords you, whether that's a life of jet-setting around the world or one of finishing every day at 2pm so you can pick up your children and spend your whole evening and weekends with them. Or maybe in my case, replacing children with video games. So what is success? How big does your membership need to be successful? You know, it's funny, Gary Vaynerchuk has become notorious for the rise of what a lot of people call hustle porn for popularizing the idea that if your goals are not astronomical and if you're not working every hour under the sun, then you're not doing things right. You're not doing what an entrepreneur should be doing. You're failing. You're not being successful. And Gary takes a lot of flack for this. However, I find that people very rarely pay attention to the other stuff he says that puts that into context. Gary has actually said multiple times over that if your goal is to work only a few hours a day and then to spend your evenings binge-watching Netflix, and if you're happy and content in doing that, then you've won. You've won the game. You are successful because you've achieved what you want to achieve. You've accomplished your goal and you're happy. So what Gary basically says is that if sitting around watching Netflix is the life that you want, if finishing at 2pm is the life that you want, if working as little as you can and spending the rest of the time playing video games is the life that you want, then that is totally fine. You've won. But if it's not the life you want and you're still sitting around watching Netflix instead of actually working towards the life you want, then that's where you're going wrong. That's where you need to work harder. So all of this is to say that success is a very personal thing. It's contextual. It's not just about chasing huge numbers. And that applies to memberships too. If you just want to run a fun, intimate membership of 100 people or so, and you just want to make enough money to cover your bills and give you some disposable income, and if doing so means you have no stress, you can work fewer hours and all that good stuff, then that's completely valid. And achieving that goal is as much of a measure of success as it would be if you were achieving more lofty ambitions. 
Success is not measured by the size of your goal. There is no right answer in this. It all really comes down to what type of membership you want to run, what your goals are, what success means to you. So how big does your membership need to be in order to hit those goals, to become the type of membership you want to run? What's more important to you? High number of members, high lifetime value of those members, high profit margin, low cost of acquisition, or is it lifestyle that's more important? Is it notoriety? Is it becoming a celebrity in your field? If you're driven by numbers, if you're driven by money, would you rather have 1,000 members with a lifetime value of $100 each, or 100 members with a lifetime value of $1,000 each? Money in the bank is the same. How about if the profit margin in both of those scenarios was only 50% because you had to spend money on ads or other stuff in order to land those members? Would you rather have that versus having 50 members at $1,000 lifetime value but with 100% profit margin? So it's fewer members but lower cost? Money is still the same? These aren't trick questions. And there is no right answer. Again, it depends very much on your personal goals and your vision for your business. How do your quantitative goals, so those that relate to figures, finance, and so on, how do they overlap with your qualitative goals, the lifestyle you want your business to deliver, your personal feelings and well-being and mental state day-to-day running your business? Are you willing to trade a measure of personal happiness for a measure of increased profit? or for higher member numbers. These are all things that you need to think about. Don't allow others to determine what your measure of success should be. And I'm really wanting to instill this in you because that question of how big does your membership site need to be in order to be successful rests solely on what being successful means to you. What does it look like? If working twice as hard as you currently do meant you'd attract twice as many members, Would you do it? What if it only meant 50% more members? Would you do it then? Twice the effort for just a 50% increase in members or revenue? What about 25%? Where's the line for you personally? How are you balancing qualitative and quantitative? Money, lifestyle. Where do your goals sit in all of this? This is all to say that it's entirely up to you whether you pursue big member numbers in order to hit your goals, or whether you worry less about how many members you get and instead focus on increasing your customer lifetime value, or whether in fact you temper the ambitiousness of your goals in order to better serve the type of lifestyle that you want. You temper the number of members and you limit or just lower your expectations of how much money you'll make and how many members you'll have, but still be happy because you work less and you'll have a happier lifestyle. So again, bringing it back to numbers, bringing it back to how many members do you need to have in order to hit financial goals, for example, assuming your goals are largely financial or somewhere in the mix you have financial goals. Do you go for lots of members or do you go for increasing lifetime value with a smaller number of members, so getting more out of a smaller member base? You can try to do both of these, but what you'll often find is the bigger your membership gets, the less scope there is for really ramping up that average lifetime value because you end up so tied up in serving your core member base when you've got tens of thousands of members and in doing the marketing necessary to get that kind of growth and all that sort of stuff 
that you end up maybe having a little bit less time, less bandwidth for focusing on things like increasing average member spend, developing upsells, improving engagement and retention. With a smaller member base, you end up with something a little bit more intimate and a little more exclusive and there's value in that, which means you can potentially charge a little more. As the expert people want access to, you can be more attentive in a smaller membership to a higher proportion of your members, which means there's more scope to increase your prices. You can put a higher price tag on being more accessible. And in many cases, you don't need to do quite as much in order to deliver sufficient value to then keep members subscribed so they stick around longer because so much of the value they extract from it is your accessibility. And again, that accessibility can be much greater and of much more substance when your membership is smaller and more intimate. If you're deliberately staying small, there really is value in that exclusivity, but only if there's access to you. That's where the exclusivity comes from. And with a small-scale membership, providing that kind of exclusivity shouldn't be anywhere near as much of a burden as if you're trying to do it with a larger member. It's also easier to foster real community vibe and a real strong culture with a smaller membership. That helps members to forge real strong connections and relationships that, again, will keep them subscribed longer. That will make them want to do things like come to live events where they'll see their friends. Or to buy merchandise so they feel like one of the gang. Or to enroll on the extra courses that you're selling that their friends and connections from the community are also enrolling on. So whether it's more members spending less or fewer members spending more, both paths are entirely valid if you're largely driven by the financial side of things. Now, of course, this isn't the case of going the smaller the better. You know, you don't want to limit your ambitions to building a membership with just three people in the hopes that they'll each spend a small fortune with you. But at the same time, you don't need to be signing up tens of thousands of members in order to hit your goals either. I'm a big, big fan of Kevin Kelly. I mention him quite often uh, in various podcast episodes and in passing quite a lot. You'll often hear me talk about his well-known principle of 1,000 true fans. This states that it only takes 1,000 highly engaged fans, not followers, not people who've taken a punt and thought they'd just try a membership out, true fans. It only takes 1,000 true fans who will snap up anything you offer them in order for you to be successful and to make a very good living. There's no shortage of self-proclaimed gurus and people spewing Instagram quotes and regurgitating motivational nonsense who try to shame people into feeling bad about not playing big enough or not having lofty enough goals. Or that suggests that there's only one path to travel if you're serious about being a business. People are so quick to tell other entrepreneurs what being serious about being an entrepreneur is it's nonsense it's rubbish so this episode is really just a reminder that it's okay to not chase the huge headline numbers if that's not aligned with your vision for your membership and if those quantitative goals the money the member numbers all that sort of stuff is not in line with the qualitative goals your lifestyle, how you feel when you sit at your desk to do work on your business. These have got to be aligned. Your goals don't just have to be about money. It's not just about creating a mammoth membership site. But then if you do dream of world domination and you're very much driven by having the biggest membership in your industry, that's perfectly fine too. That's perfectly valid. So how big does your membership need to be in order to be successful? Start 
by asking a different question. What does success mean to you? What are your goals? What does that success feel like? What will you be happy with? What are you driven by? What is important to you? Much of what we talked about in this episode will hopefully help you to really crystallize what that is. So I do hope this has been useful for you. Be sure to head on over to the show notes for this episode. We talked at various points over the last 10-15 minutes or so about things like increasing member lifetime value and stuff like that. And the fact that actually, even if you are driven by big, big monetary goals, that also doesn't mean you have to have huge member base numbers either. You can actually get a heck of a lot out of a small intimate membership too. So check out the show notes for this episode over at themembershipguys.com forward slash 191. We're going to link to some resources on things like developing upsells and how to actually increase member life cycle, member lifetime value. So definitely check it out, themembershipguys.com slash 191. For now though, hopefully you have enjoyed this episode. Hopefully it's given you a little bit of food for thought. I do despair so much when I see a lot of these coaches and self-proclaimed whatever's out there basically setting the wrong tone and trying to make people feel bad about what they define as their own success and so yeah a little bit of a soapbox a little bit of a rant but hopefully it's been a one that has been useful for you that's it from me for this week i am out of here but i'll see you again next week with another episode of the membership guys podcast if you've enjoyed today's episode of the membership guys podcast we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com The Member Site Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discount perks and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement, and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage, and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.